You're listening to Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazinga. Hello, welcome to Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazingo. I am so excited to have my good friend, Katie Trunt on with us today. Katie, you are an inspiration to me in so many different ways, just in the way that you live, you flow, how you have your being, you're pretty, pretty incredible. Um, Katie is an attorney and she understands legalities and how that works in the spirit realm and how that even works in the physical realm too. Um, so Katie, I'm so excited to have you here. Let's get started. Okay. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So what has been one of your biggest aha moments, um, with spirit forward living as you've allowed yourself to heal and as you've grown spiritually? Yes. Yeah. So, um, one of the ways that I did it, that was not right (laughs) was realizing that things in my life were not linking up with the fruit of the spirit. So, um, uh, I've overcome a lot of control in my life. I think a lot of people can identify with that and I am, um, overcoming perfectionism as well. And so one of the ways that I first thought would work to get into alignment, quote unquote, a word that we all hear often, with the word of God is just to sort of grin and bear it. So if my reaction was not love, joy, peace, I knew it was coming from a bad place and I would just kind of push it and stuff it down and not partner with it for lack of a better term. Maybe that's too much of a spiritual term, but it's true. Uh, And then I realized that really didn't work because I wasn't dealing with the root. I was really merely chopping off branches. Um, Once I started to understand that there is a reason behind what we now what I now know is triggers, but I didn't have that, you know, vocabulary back then. Once I realized that part, I was ready to go on the journey with the Lord. And once I was ready to admit that and go on forward that way, um, everything shifted for me. And that's how I learned to live spirit forward. As you say, I learned to listen to myself and to take it to the Holy Spirit and to take it to Jesus and to the Father and say, okay, what is going on? Why am I choosing to act this way? And and sometimes it would be 30 or 45 minutes had gone by and I would consciously realize I'm being really passive aggressive right now, but I have no idea why. And when I started to, to dig, then the Lord would work with me and bring me that revelation. But truly for me, the way that I learned was by turning into the Holy spirit in my pain and taking that pain forward and saying, what's going on? What, like, what is really truly going on? And I think that can be a part where that comes in um, for me is in the legality side of it is that every action has an equal opposite action, right? right? There's a reason behind things. There's a reason. And so when I started to understand the courts of heaven and I started to understand agreements with the enemy and mm-hmm. allowing him to devour my life, everything started to clicking. So like my legal background clicked in and I was able to go, Oh, okay. So this is how that works. Absolutely. I love that too, because half the battle is knowing that everything is law and there right. is law and there is a way that things will work and operate and there's flow. order. Yes. Yeah. Absolute order. Mm-hmm. And yep. the best order <laughs> comes of from course. 
Father God who designed the kingdom of, of heaven. Exactly. Right. And mm-hmm. so whenever we're trying to flow in a different order <laughs> or even against a new world order, I am going right. there. Um, we have to make sure that we are absolutely sharp in the weapons that we have. And we also have to know the law because correct. We don't know. It's going to, well, right. You know, scripture says that it's right. that his people perish for a lack of knowledge. Exactly. Right. Um, so it's been one of the most challenging things that <laughs> your soul has overcome. And I know that this is such a broad question. But I wanted to take it broad. That way the Holy Spirit can really hone in and like allow, like trigger your memory and like figure out, okay, sure. What is one of those things that has allowed you to, um, to feel like you're well-equipped to hold your banner up and say, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I would say COVID, everything that's come with COVID. Um, I think we all kind of felt blindsided by it, but at the same time, we didn't, I mean, those of us who are awake have been paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew some stuff was going on. I think that it just all sort of the rug got pulled out really fast. And, um, I thought I was more spiritually mature than I was. And I had some soul stuff come up that really sort of shocked me, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, went through this, I went through an entire season and really I'm just now coming out of it where we actually got sick and it, it was crazy, but the Lord was very, very quick to, to shift me into a different mindset. And I, I, I would say that, um, maybe this is a broader answer, but my soul has learned that pain is a process not to be feared. I think we run from pain, especially me. Like I'm very much exhorter, um, as dancer performer, um, but I'm also firstborn, so I'm very much prophet. So there, it's it's quite a uh, very interesting balance there. Um, but exhorters can tend to be in denial. And I think what COVID brought about for many of us, I know not just me, is that you couldn't deny those things anymore because everything else was sort of taken away. You had to really dig deep and look into your soul and go, okay, wait a minute. And really, this is more of an Anna Hamilton thing, but it, it's where I realized I still had false refuges and I didn't know that I had them, I, yeah. you know? Um, and again, until the Lord shines his light on portions of our life, deception is deception. If you don't know it's there, you don't know it's there. And so I would say I've really overcome so many subsurface issues in my soul, learning to overcome fear of man, Mm -hmm. uh, and replace it with the fear of the Lord. And that's been truly freeing. And I don't think that that's something that the church itself understands. And we've really got to understand the fear of the Lord in the season. Exactly. Um, on a previous podcast, we were talking about social contracts and how there's legitimacy issues that can take place within the church specifically. And this is not at all to like bring any shame onto the church. We're all growing. Love. We love (laughs) the body of believers who are there for Absolutely. the Lord, but yeah. there, there are some things that definitely need to be, right. <laughs> to be cleaned up. Um, yeah. and that, we all have John that needs cleaning. <laughs> exactly. And so like the denial piece, a lot of times, Ooh, whenever, yeah. when we are on this journey of healing and there's something super painful that we don't want to address, Correct. we will cover it up. And usually yeah. like you were saying, it's that control piece where we find a home in controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, and we basically are just trying to be safe because control makes us feel safe. 
but whenever yeah. that's actually released back to back to Jesus, there's, there's so much more freedom that can come forward. It's a fake safety net, really. It's yeah. not his safety net. Um, and, and oftentimes we do find that in moments of pain where we truly do turn to him and we say, okay, this really sucks. And like, I, I really don't want to go through this, but I know that I can because I'm weak, but you're strong. And it really is grounding yourself in the word. And and one of my favorite scriptures is, is John one that talks about Jesus as the word and how he was at the beginning and that he is the word made flesh. And Mm -hmm. so the word is a being. Yeah. He's Jesus. I mean, he's the manifestation of the truth of the word. And he says, he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. And it's pressing into that truth where I've learned to, to live from my deepest, uh, level of faith. Yeah. Um, what does freedom look like? You mentioned exhorter. And so some people, some people on here, (laughs) they don't understand, or they, maybe they've never heard of like the redemptive gifts. Yeah. Um, the paradigm that we're talking about right now is there are seven, there are seven portions of your spirit right. and this goes back to different, different teachings. Uh-huh. Um, exhorter is one that brings light to lots of different issues and um, right. has an expansiveness about them. Right. Um, so as you have healed <laughs> and mm-hmm. as your soul has been healing, have you gone through seasons where it's like, do I even know myself? Who am I? What am yeah, I? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, and you've said the word essence a lot too, and that's a word that I wasn't familiar with either. And I really don't want to use, I'm trying to use broad terms and say like, I didn't even know what trigger meant then. I just knew that I was, you know, flushed and everybody kind of understands it when you define it. So I'll do a better job of that. So, um, for me with the exhorter portion and, and getting to know about the redemptive gifts, it's truly just been refreshing. Like, oh, and it really, you know, you see people turn to the Enneagram. I, I don't, I've never really looked at it, but it feels like that that's where people have turned towards the Enneagram for their soul mm-hmm. because it makes you um, understand what makes you tick. And we, I think at our deepest core being want to understand design. Mm-hmm. I think all of us believers and non-believers, I mean, yeah, it's totally not just believers. It's believers and non-believers alike. We're all searching to understand our design. Are we not? Sure, absolutely. And pain and trauma affect that because it affects our perspective and our perspective is our reality, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And so we have to start to, when we can start to understand that God really did design us a certain way and that maybe things that people have looked down on us our whole life for actually are good. He calls those things good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's something I know for me where I found out, like, I'm really intense and, um, Arthur Burke has a blessing on intensity, which is just not like, just bless me so much. And the more, the more I've realized that these things are from God and they're good and they're not, even though the world may call them quote unquote bad, I realize they're not, and I yeah. can press into them and I have that freedom to go, you know, I'm designed this way. And, and maybe a lot of people don't accept that, but again, fear of man, other people's acceptance really has nothing to do with how the Lord designed me and how I'm going to find the most freedom. Now hear me loud and clear. A lot of other people have taken that same type of phrase and perverted it. Agreed. This is not, this is not a perverted design. This is God's design and it's his original design. And again, that makes sense to me why I so love John one, 
because it's about going back to the beginning before sin entered the earth and understanding why God designed man. And he got, he designed man to walk with him in the cool of the day Mm -hmm. to hear his voice. I mean, that's, let's go back to the point of origin. I mean, that's why God designed us. He designed us for relationship period. I mean, it's right there in scripture and it's actually very clear. Um, but at the end of the day, it's what we're all looking for. Everyone that chooses even a different type of lifestyle, they're looking for acceptance, right? They're looking for acceptance and to understand why they make the choices they make. And that's exactly the same choices I made, but I found the truth. And so therefore I have found freedom. Yeah. I love that. I really love that. So how do you see redemption land in your life from heaven downward, especially as you're healing? Right. Um, what does that look like in the midst of productive pain in the midst of like, this is yeah. not a fun space to be, but yeah, where- that one's come with some time. Um, I would say that probably the biggest shift in my life came from a lot of productive pain mm-hmm. with my daughter who's hearing impaired. Um, boy, that just shattered like every paradigm I thought I had about healing and Yehovah Rapha. And I still believe for her healing, but the way that I've walked that pain, um, the way that it's still painful, I still have moments that's painful. I still see her feel, you know, judged by others at times. I mean, it's painful. It's painful to watch. It's not, it's just, it's a place where the Lord has met me in such a deep way. And his provision is so provided for me that, um, I guess it's a, I guess it's almost a way of testing your own testing the word in your life and watching the fruit come forth from the principles that exist there. But not only that, just allowing yourself to trust. I really think, I think that pain you're, you won't turn into pain and allow yourself to really identify it unless you trust that there's some other higher being Jesus that truly wants to take it away. but that there's a purpose in a season in which you're walking. Um, Because ultimately, if there's no purpose to pain, why are we going to walk through it? And it's it's deeply understanding that Jesus is there for us in the midst of our pain, in the midst of those trials and saying, you know, keep your eyes focused on me. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And if you will just focus on me, I will help you come into understanding. But there are some things that this side on earth, then until we get to eternity, we really may not understand. And we also have to be okay with that. And again, the only way that that happens is through a deep level of trust, but the Lord I find has the most creative ways to speak to us Mm -hmm. to constantly, I'm talking constantly hold our hand like a little child and reassure us of his love for us. Absolutely. Yeah. So earlier you had mentioned the word false refuge, and this is oh, a big yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I just want to honor Anne Hamilton. She is phenomenal. She um, does such mm-hmm. amazing work. And the, the word just is, it just flows so yeah. much through her, but yeah. she was talking about, um, false refuges and what that looks like. Can you unpack that a little bit more, um, for our listeners? Sure. Well, uh, yeah. So Anne Hamilton's work has just been absolutely phenomenal in my life, as well as Arthur Burke. I have a child trying to get in the door. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, she, uh, her sisters are like, Abigail, shh. That's okay. Kai's, Kai's over here too. I know it's part of life. It's okay. This happens almost every time I'm on anything like this. It works. On it totally works. Abigail Mabry. 
I'll be done in just a second, okay? You can come brush your teeth in just a minute, okay? Okay. Go brush your teeth. Thank you very much. I can Please edit. Come and you need to brush your teeth. I can You'll edit. Just it's not a big deal. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, I have to go to the dentist. So she needs to brush her teeth. It's it it's all it's, it's fast. Really it's fast. Um, no, so so Anne Hamilton, um, her teaching, good gracious, I would say it would be like the missing link. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going a false refuge. The best way, one of the best examples I think is um, for me, ice cream was one. And I'm not even like that much of an unhealthy eater, but I would notice that if we had like a bad day, but I, we would just be like, oh, let's just get in the car and go to Dairy Queen and get a blizzard. And there's nothing wrong with getting a blizzard at Dairy Queen with your family in the summer in and of itself. It's just, was I turning to the ice cream out of comfort? And I remember that was one of the very first tiny little innocuous things that the Lord pointed out to me. He said, you know, why are you doing that? And then if I would step, pull back again, a lot of it takes a a conscious awareness of why we're doing things. But if I would pull back and go, okay, why? And then I would get down to the nitty gritty. I'll go, okay, this is spiritually, there's something going on today that upset me and I'm having pain and I'm choosing to hide it with this ice cream trip. Now, since then, have I been able to go get ice cream with my family? Absolutely. But I know I'm not false refuging. And that's the difference. I think Anne Hamilton gives an, uh, an example about getting rejected. And often talking to God over a cup of coffee, but she would choose the cup of coffee and sit in the rejection in the wrong way versus turning to the Lord. And he, and he explained to her, it's not the cup of coffee. It's the the way that you choose to use it when you're rejected or you're going through something instead of turning to me first. It's a heart posture, basically. Absolutely. And that even with like design, some people are... (laughs) designed to want to, um, I guess not so much want to sit in pain, but some people are designed to express their pain very outwardly. Right. Other people's are designed to express it inwardly. And both of those, you know, essentially could be a block to the productivity of the mm-hmm. healing journey when right. we're, when we're not sitting with Jesus in some of those issues and correct, especially with massive trauma. Um, oh yeah. Because who wants yeah. to go back to the massive trauma and who right. wants to be, who wants to relive that? Right. Who <laughs> wants to do that? Exactly. And so even like with, with my practice, we have seen people who are healing physically because mm-hmm. of the trauma that they've been carrying for years and years and years, which Correct. is causing issues with their cells um, right. and the way that that's working. And so, um, yeah, I totally, I'm totally tracking with everything that you're saying. Yeah. So let's talk some legalities. Sure. You spoke about the courtrooms of heaven Mm -hmm. and how that took place. So Mm -hmm. for someone who has no idea what that is, (laughs) how they can access it, what it's like, someone who's not familiar with living behind the veil Mm -hmm. um, and that access, what would you tell them if they were trying to start with the legality piece of agreements to, to find freedom? So this is such a simple answer and I probably couldn't have given as simple of an answer not too long ago, but again, you find with Jesus, everything really truly is so 
simple, yet so amazingly legal, um, complicated, but it's not because of the way that his word is so perfect. So scripture is very clear. It says to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And if we look at the American legal system, there's just a grid that came down from heaven to establish it. It's wisdom from heaven. It truly is. And, and I think a lot of people understand about our founding that there was a lot of wisdom from heaven. There was a lot of perversion as well, not discounting that, but there's also a lot of wisdom that went into it. And so really the way that I see it is that it's very simple. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And we ask what is going on with this certain situation? What do we make an agreement? And an agreement is very simply what it says it is. Did we agree with something that is not true about ourselves, about our children, about our marriage, about our family line, about a job, whatever the case may be? Um, I have found it really helpful. And the Holy Spirit has really taught me to, to pay attention to words and the definition of things. Um, and why words um, carry such power, because what does scripture say? Death and life's in the power of the tongue. So when we understand that, it's easy to make the jump to contracts and covenants and oaths and vows and how all of those revolve around what? Written and spoken language. Look at the Tower of Babel. You know, it's all through scripture. It's very simple. It's easily found there. Um, where the danger is with people getting so um, worried about the complexities of it is religion. We make a religion out of it and it's not, it really is so simple. We have the ability to step into heaven, to go before the throne because of Jesus, because of his righteousness. And he is our advocate before the father, just like an attorney is your advocate when you go into a courtroom on earth. And just like there are you know, traffic courts and just like there are domestic courts and just like there are appellate courts. And then there's just like there's a Supreme Court. You can think of it the exact same way. I don't write books on the courts of heaven. There are many people that have done that. I've done an excellent job at it. I highly recommend it, but it's not something I think is absolutely necessary for you to understand at first. You just need to understand that Jesus has given you access to justice Amen. and Again, I think that even in that journey, repentance and, and renunciations are wonderful. And there's so many wonderful ministries that I have personally used in my own repentance and my own journey that I so honor. But truthfully, it comes down to where the rubber meets the road. Is that fruit still evident in your life? And what I mean by that is, is your character being refined? Are you changing the way that you react and the way that I know for me that healing has landed on earth through dealing with the legalities and the agreements is that when a situation comes back around for me where I would have triggered before I would have reacted in a predictable way. It doesn't happen. Yeah. It's not there. Yeah. There's no reaction because I've been so healed. And that's how for me, I know that those things are landing from heaven on earth and um, it is a process. It is a process, but you didn't get the way you are overnight No, and your ancestors sure didn't either. So no. to think that, and, and here's the thing, let me say this loud and clear because I know somebody's going to go, well, you know, he's a God of miracles. He is the God of miracles and he can change your situation in a heartbeat. And he does. And there are certain times that those things do happen and they're necessary. 
But if you truly want to be a son and want to be the bride, you're going to have to learn to love his ways and his process. And it looks different for all of us. It just happened to be for me, the way that I learned was so akin to hello, my earthly design and Mm -hmm. what I knew on earth. And it really landed for me that way. But for someone else, the courts may scare you and intimidate you. Mm -hmm. And for that person, I would say, go to the scriptures and read about the courts of heaven in the scriptures, read about entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and allow the Holy Spirit to show you what it looks like. There really is not one cookie cutter way for you to get his justice. So for me personally, going to the courts, <laughs> I like don't want to go there. I know. <laughs> I am not a court. And person. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's but... intimidating. I mean, going into a court on earth for most people, most people aren't like me, right? Like right. it's intimidating. It I'm like, yes, let's go. But that's because that's my design. So with so. my design, it's more like I go to the garden. I go into a garden. I go exactly. outside. And I could and never it... relate to that. Right. You know, I like a garden, but exactly. I don't necessarily relate to that as much. Sure. And so like there, when you start to allow your spirit to come forward, to really pull from heaven downward, correct. So many things open up and it gives Mm -hmm. you the strength to actually sit in productive pain rather than just wallow in it. Because yeah. t- I'm so done. And I feel like I speak collectively. Well, that's so powerless, right? And it's Jesus so, is so about dominion. I mean, so powerless. And right. so the body of believers right now is searching for yes. the empowerment that is a part of our inheritance. And whenever Absolutely. we learn how to guard our agreements, how to assess what we, who we are, what our mm-hmm. identity is, and some of the treasures that the Lord has given us that are specific to us without Mm -hmm. wanting what another person, you know, is gifted in. Correct. Um, It's so important. And it's, it's really a lot of keys to Mm -hmm. spirit forward living. Yes. So, um, this will be the last question and then we will wrap up. What would you say to someone who is in the middle of, of trenches? Let's say that they have woundedness with their community and, Mm -hmm they kind of feel like they're a little island all by themselves. What, right. what type of healing um, would you allow them to know is available for them in their journey where they're at right now? I would say understanding the season that you're in is important because I do think there's that island cave season. Yeah. I know I had one myself. Um, I've had one too. And I <laughs> happen to be uh, a little more introverted than I ever realized. And that seems kind of crazy to hear me talk like this and I don't seem like an introvert at all. And I understand that, but I actually am very introverted. I, I like time by myself. So I could have stayed in that cave season for like the rest of my life. And I'd have been a happy camper. Um, however, that's not the purpose of the season. The purpose is to get healing so that you can go back out and connect in wow. community in the right season. Um, so that would be question number one is understanding what is it supposed to look like? Like what season of your journey are you in? Um, and then from there, there's so many good tools I can give. And I'll probably, if you want me to, I can send you all the different ministries I've used um, to grow um, over these, these years with the Lord and all the different pieces that he's brought, because again, it really is Holy Spirit led. Absolutely. Um, But I think that for me, 
healing has truly come through turning into his provision. And that's, it really did start with the word for me. It really did start with getting into it and understanding what was in there, then beginning to believe that it was actually true, which increased my trust and allowed for me to have faith. Then that allowed for the Holy Spirit to open up other modalities of healing like you're talking about. I mean, I didn't get to Arthur Burke and Ann Hamilton overnight. You, sure. you don't. I mean, yeah. you, you just, you don't just end up there. You know, you, it's a journey. It's a journey. You, you have to, um, well, it's, you know, scripture talks about it. You have to be in the milk with the word before you can go to the meat. And it, wherever you are, it's choosing him in those moments. And you're not going to, um, I know, especially like people that maybe are more geared towards performance or perfectionism. It's really, truly about bringing your whole self to him. All the parts that you don't even want to recognize yourself, that shame that's still there, mm -hmm. the fear, the control, and allowing him to work on the pieces that he knows are necessary because it is like a puzzle. It truly is. Your healing really is like a puzzle. And there's a grace that happens in different seasons for different parts of healing to land. And you don't know why or how, but the father knows and Jesus knows. And the end goal is the same. It's reconciliation to yourself. It's reconciliation, spirit, soul, and body, but it's reconciliation also to time and to land and community and your birthright and the offices you're called to. It's reconciliation is the, is the end goal of healing for all of us, but wherever you are, in that pain, it's knowing that Jesus really is willing to walk it with you and to be there for you and asking him to show you what that looks like for you right now. And then trusting what you see. And that takes time and you're not going to execute it perfectly. You know, you're not, yeah. but it's just, again, you bring your willingness to him and he's so gracious and merciful to meet you in that willingness and grow you from there. Yeah. And that's the growth. That's just so brilliant. Like you were saying, whenever you're, <laughs> whenever you're in the trenches and you know, you've been, you've been living like this for a while and you're triggered or you have the, the opportunity to be mm -hmm. triggered and the trigger doesn't yeah. land and it's brilliant. Yeah. And it's yeah. like a, a power up of rejoicing. And then yes. what does that do? That joy becomes even more strength. And so from that place, it's just an upward trajectory of more redemption landing. Yeah, I think I'm glad you said that. Let me, let me give like a really practical tip. So I think we talked about all this, like all the way back at the beginning, when you asked me the very first question about how I learned to live, you know, spirit forward or from heaven to earth. I think the first two, essentially whenever for a while, what I would see, because I am very much about legal documents, I would almost see the trigger, quote unquote, the situation as paperwork. And I would just by faith, hand it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So you can do that. Anyone can do that. It doesn't take anything. Take your hands. Like you're holding a piece of paper and say, here, Jesus, yeah. you understand all of this. You understand the legalities. You understand why I'm in pain. You understand why I'm triggered. And, and all that is, is, is really submission to his ways. Mm -hmm. That's a little act of submission to say, 
I'm going to choose your way in this pain versus what a false refuge looks like in that is instead of handing Jesus that paperwork, being willing to work through it with him, you run off and you take a hot bath or you take a hot shower or you stuff your food, you know, your face with food, or you go shopping or whatever your poison is, because we've all got, them. yeah, you go do that instead. And then you never get resolution on that thing. And then it comes around again and you have another opportunity to choose Jesus again. And, and, you know, and scripture says, choose for this yourself, this day, whom you will serve. Mm-hmm. Who, who will you serve? And it's so, it's so, it's such a simple exercise to just prophetically say, here's my paperwork. Here's my junk. Help me. And that's interesting because that's exactly what I was going to say is it's a prophetic act of you literally handing something on earth as it is in heaven. You are literally handing it up to the father, but prophetic acts (laughs) is going to be for another podcast. So that's, that's a whole nother story, whole new can of can of awesome. So Katie Trent, you are so dear to me. I bless you, my friend. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for just sharing your life with us. Uh, on medicinal minutes with Megan Mazingo, and we will see you soon. All right. Have a good one. Thanks.